turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 80. I am going to say, uh, I had absolutely no collusion with Brother Jonathan whatsoever. He didn't know the psalm that I was going to read from. So if you hear something similar in some ways to what was just read to us a little while ago, there's nothing but the Lord's work in that. Amen. To just give you a brief outline, this psalm, and remember, it is a, it is a psalm, so that means it's poetry, it's a song. This psalm of Asaph has a refrain that appears in it three times that divides the chapter up. Verse 3, verse 7, and verse 19 are a repetition of that refrain with some minor variations within it. And the psalm can easily be broken up based on that with a small little section at the end at verse 17 through 19. Psalm 80. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, Thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Amen. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparest room before it, and didst cause it to take deep root And it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her boughs unto the sea, and her branches unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges, so that they all they that pass by the way do pluck her? The boar out of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beast of the field doth devour it. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven, and behold, and visit this vine, and the vineyard which thy right hand hath planted, and the branch that thou madest strong for thyself. It is burned with fire, it is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man whom thou madest strong for thyself. So will not we go back from thee. Quicken us and we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. This psalm is Asaph's prayer to God, his persuasive prayer to God, regarding his separation from Israel, his people. This psalm is great to see because it's when the prayer already hasn't been answered. When God's people have already cried out to God, and he has chosen not to respond yet. And so we have a man of God giving a prayer that is very persuasive in the way that it is given to tell God that he wants him back with his people, that they want God's presence again, trying to win God's favor for them. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. Right away, it starts off giving God a title, the one that guides them, their shepherd, their leader the one that leads them in the way that they should go. 
It makes it personal right away to God. Lord, you're our leader. Give ear to us. Hear us. Hear our cry. Thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. Lord, we're nothing but a bunch of sheep. We can't do anything on our own. We need you to lead us. Thou that dwellest between the cherubim, shine forth. He points out the place of God's power in the Old Testament, the place where God was known to be, that mercy seat between the cherubim. And he asked God to come forth to show his power on behalf of his people. Why? Because God isn't at this point. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Now, these mentionings of Joseph, Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, these are all pet names of Israel. These are all names that God addresses them by at various points. Again, he's making it very personal to God. God, your child Joseph is here. Your child Benjamin, your child Ephraim, your child Manasseh. We need you. Don't you hear the cry of your people to us, to you? And come and save us. They're trusting in God to come to them. They're not looking for another help. They're not looking for their own strength. They're trusting in God. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. This is the first occurrence of the refrain. First of all, it starts off with, turn us again. Now, if you look throughout this psalm, over and over again, it comes back to the same idea. It doesn't talk about their power. It doesn't talk about their ability. It doesn't talk about their efforts. It talks about God. It speaks to him saying, we need you. We need your involvement. We need your help. And the first thing he asks is, turn us. Now, why is God separated from his people? And you'll see it later in the psalm, but the reason God is separated from his people is because of sin. It's because of their wrongdoings. And so their request is, turn us. Change us back to the way that we should be, Lord. You work in our hearts first. You step in, you put in your hand upon us, and you turn us the way that we should go. Now, we're going to keep, we're going to see this two more times. But first, I'm going to point out to you two particular words after that. Turn us again, O God. Now, God is not our God's name. That is his title. God is something that you could say that Allah is a God. You could say that Baal is a God. And anyone who follows those gods could refer to their God as God. Just notice right here those two particular words, O God because we will come back to it in just a little bit. And cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Lord, if you show us favor, if you come to us, we shall be saved. Asaph is saying, we know it, God. If you come back to us, our salvation is there. O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? So here we see that they're already calling out. They're seeking God. They know that there's a problem. They know that they're separated. But God has chosen to this point not to hear. He's chosen not to come to their deliverance yet, despite the fact that they're crying out. They know God is angry with them. So what is the response? It's this prayer. Now, God can be angry with us when we sin. His spirit can be far from us when we grieve it and when we crunch it. Is there a time when God can sometimes wait to see how we will respond, even when we call out to him? I don't know about the rest of you, but I've seen it. And I think that as Asaph has seen it and as I have seen it, I think we can all say that it's there, that God sometimes takes time to see how we will respond. So let's learn from this psalm. Thou feedest them with the bread of tears and giveth them tears to drink in great measure. 
He's giving them pain and trouble. They know that there is something wrong. They know that there is separation from God. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh amongst themselves. They can see the way that they should be ashamed because of how God is treating them. And they are ashamed. They know it. They're acknowledging their shame before God. Then we come to the refrain again. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Asaph has just taken another level of being personal to God. He's not just God. He's not just a title. He is now the God of hosts. That's a title that applies more specifically to our God. He is the one who leads the armies of heaven. As you can see, there's this progression here as he goes along of, you're our God. But that's not separate enough for you. That's not good enough for you. Now you're the God of hosts. You're something more specific to our God. Then he describes how God set them up in the first place, how it's God's power that made them anything at all. In verses 8 and onward, we have this description of a vine and a vineyard. And again, I had nothing to do with what Brother Jonathan said already this morning, and he had nothing to do with this. We didn't communicate at all. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Lord, we were nothing in Egypt. We came into a land, and what did you do? You emptied it out for us. You did the work so that we could be here. Thou preparest room before it, and did cause it to take deep root, and it filled the land. Lord, we were a nomadic people that were taken out of Egypt. We wandered in the wilderness. And then you put us here, and we took root, and we grew, and we were powerful, and we were strong. Why? Thou didst. The Lord did it. And they again, they keep coming back to you, Lord, you did it. We didn't do it. It's not our might. It's not our power. You did it. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like goodly cedars. She sent out her boughs unto the sea and her branches to the river. We were great, and we were strong. Why? Because God did it. And this is where we were. And then we sinned, and then we turned our backs on you. Why then hast thou broken down her hedges, so that all they that pass, which pass by the way do pluck her? Why do our enemies come and just take portions of our cities, take portions of our lands, harm us? Because we've sinned. We see that you've turned away from us. Without your power, we can't defend ourselves. We're nothing. The boar of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beasts of the field doth devour it. Why? As he already said in the verses before, why? Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts, because God's not there with them. Return, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine. Come back to us, Lord. Don't leave us abandoned. And the vineyard which thy right hand hath planted and the branch that thou madest strong for thyself. He's pointing out to God, we're here because of you, because you wanted a people in the earth to worship yes, you. Right. He's Again, Asaph just keeps bringing it back to God. God, everything about this is about you. You deserve it all. You're the focus. Yep. You're the glory. We only exist because we're here to serve you. Amen. Look at the power of this prayer, appealing to God. God, you haven't heard us until now, but hear us now because the way we focus on you. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. He lays it out directly. Lord, we're punished. We're broken down because it's your rebuke, because it's your countenance being angry with us. He acknowledges the fact that it's their sin that has brought them to this point. Then we have 17 through 18, which is is a little different. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, 
upon the strong man whom thou madest strong for thy son of man who thou madest strong for thyself. Now, I had to do a little looking around on this, and you can see a similar idea from a psalm of Asaph that is in 89 that describes that as being David. And it, this is a pattern that you see actually with, throughout Scripture that the Lord, when he leaves his people, when he lets them be punished, he then brings forth a leader, a single person that he blesses that will guide them to what is true and what is right and what is holy. But what should be the response of God's people? God, bring us somebody, bring us someone who will lead us, who will guide us, who will help us. And verse 18 is the response. So we will not go back from thee. We won't. We will follow. We will do what is right. Quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. God, give us life again. Give us strength so that we can, and then we will call upon thy name. And then we come to verse 19 where we have the refrain again. Turn us again, O Lord, God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. The closing of his prayer, he takes it yet another step closer to God. This time he names him. He is the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah. Amen. O Jehovah, God of hosts, turn us again, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Amen. Brethren, Amen. again, I've seen it. Asaph saw it. So I imagine it's not an isolated thing among men that we can find times where we're separated from God. And I imagine it's not an isolated thing when we find times where God chooses not to immediately come back to us, though we call. How do we seek him? How do we pray to him to return to us? We have a glorious example, an inspired example from the word of God of exactly how to appeal to him, exactly how to draw him back. Do we rely upon him? Do we speak to him personally? Do we make it real in that way? Asaph did. Do we?